Welcome to Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Whatever road you took to get here doesn't matter. What matters is you're here. My hope is that we all can help one another in this journey. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is Steve, your host of this lovely podcast, Fantasy or Reality, the GPP. Back for another solo episode. Um... So yes, there's a few things uh, I had on my mind this week, this day, this this morning over here. Um, oh yes, uh, the last time I placed a bet was May 2nd of 2021, so I just passed 22 months on that, so doing very good on that front. Um, but yeah, so there are a few things that were crossing my mind here. Uh, I actually got inspired for a part of this episode by watching um, good old South Pack over there. Um, my wife likes to make fun of me. The, the kids think it's funny. Uh, they're still a little bit too young to watch it, but they, uh, they know South Park is uh, one of those taboo shows, I guess, at eight and five that they shouldn't be watching. So, of course, they want to watch it, but they can't watch it yet. <clears throat> yet. Um, but I can. Um, and I've loved that show since I was a teenager. Um, I'm 38 now, so what did that come out almost 25 years ago? Jeez. But yeah, so I was watching, uh, the latest episode, um, with, uh, the Harry and Meghan thing, uh, the privacy tour. And, uh, I'll get into that in a minute. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to, um, put out there that, it was a few weeks ago when the Super Bowl happened, and um, it was the first event, first sporting event that I have watched since I stopped placing bets, um, and it was uh, an interesting experience. Um, it was actually comparable to how I used to watch sports when I was a kid. So, um, I'll get into how I started watching it, essentially. So, I mean, if you've listened from the beginning, you know that one of the things I've done is I basically cut out watching sports because to me, it was just one of these things where, you know, that was obviously what I was betting on gambling. It was sports. So to me, I thought I needed to cut it all out to have it not be a part of my life. And, uh, that's what's worked for me. That's part of what's worked for me for the last almost two years. But, you know, when the Super Bowl came around this year, my kids ha- had a thing going on in school where they got to pick one team or the other. Um, so essentially, they they kept asking if they could watch it. Um, so my wife and I talked about it. And, you know, I felt for a long time I could probably watch the games, you know, or a game and, and it not be triggering anymore. But I just never really had any interest or desire to go back to watching sports at this point. Um, But after talking about it, we decided that we would sit down and watch together. And if there was something that bothered me or triggered me, I would just say it. And um, yeah, so kids wanted to watch it. You know, you made made some food, whatever. Do you do what you do when you're going to watch the Super Bowl? but uh, we sat down, we watched it, and, you know, I noticed maybe two or three 
DraftKings slash FanDuel ads, which was surprising. I thought it was going to be bombarded on that game. Um, I'm not sure why there wasn't more, but uh, yeah, I definitely expected more gambling advertisements on that game. I don't know if there was something they did to limit it or not, but I only remember seeing, I think, one DraftKings and one FanDuel and maybe one other one. I know they kept talking about uh, other things during the game, but it wasn't specifically DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I thought, so I thought I'd see more of those. But So those, of course, weren't triggering. I was just laughing at how stupid the ads were. Um, also, it was interesting to sit down and watch a game and it be kind of similar to how I watched games when I was a kid and a teenager where I sat down and was able to just enjoy the game for the gamesmanship, for the plays they were making, for the ability, for the the athleticism, and just for the overall sport without having to worry about, you know, is this team going to win? Is this player going to get a touchdown? You know, like, uh, even before this became a problem for me, um, you know, I, I played fantasy sports for years, uh, probably since my early 20s. So, um, you know, even in the free leagues and in the leagues I was in with my best friend, so I always had this vested interest in the players of the game. You know, who was gonna, who was my quarterback, who was my wide receiver, who was my defense, all the things that go along with having fantasy teams. So I'd be more concerned about who caught the touchdown or who got the the yardage or who had the turnover or all that stuff. Um, so for years watching sports, it became kind of intertwined with the performance of each player as opposed to watching the game for the game. And it was really... Um, interesting. It was nice, I guess, to be able to watch sports the way I did when I was a kid. You know, I remember specifically as a young kid and as a teenager going to baseball games with my mom. My mom was a big Mets fan, um, still is a big Mets fan. And we used to go to games at Shea Stadium, um, I think a few times a year. I just remember going there a decent amount as a kid even though we didn't have a lot of money and uh, it was definitely um, not easy uh, growing up, you know, just never having a ton of money. Uh, My mom still was able to find ways to take us to Shea Stadium to see games. And I really enjoyed going to the games and watching the players and watching the game itself unfold and the excitement of the game. Um, yeah, I just remember watching sports as a child and as a teenager and just being able to enjoy the game for the game. And that's kind of how this game, that's how the Super Bowl went for me. I was able to sit down and really be impressed at what was going on back and forth, really enjoy the plays. And um, it wasn't triggering at all. I mean, I could see, you know, guys scoring touchdowns, whatever, just everything that goes on throughout the game. And I remember even early on in my recovery that just seeing like uh, stat lines going across screens and it would make me think of, you know, their fantasy score. 
but uh, that did not pop in my head this time. You know, I was aware to make sure that if something like that happened to uh, be aware of it and talk to my wife about it and, and then talk to my group members about it, but none of that happened. Um, now, that's just me. I'm not saying that if you're a sports better or if you were a fantasy player or, or anything that it's going to be the same thing for you, but I just noticed that it's, you know, after almost two years and putting in a lot of work that I was able to watch this game in a way where I was able to uh, enjoy the game and not um, think about betting, not think about fantasy lineups, not think about fantasy scores. Um, it was just cool to be able to sit down and watch a, a sporting event for the first time in a long time and not be worried about specific outcomes and just being able to enjoy the game for the game. So, um, yeah, I don't know, that's just kind of something I wanted to share here. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to go back to watching sports on a regular basis. You know, it just it makes me feel good to know that I can watch a sporting event and it not be triggering to me anymore. It's always something I'm going to be aware of and think about if I do sit down and watch a game again. Um, I'm not going to become complacent and just think, oh, I'm good, I'm cured. Uh, I never have to worry about this again. It's just nice to know I can sit down and watch a game with if I'm around family or uh, say it's Thanksgiving next year or whatever. It's like it's just I feel comfortable watching a game. And um, yeah, so I just wanted to throw that out there and share it. I mean, uh, definitely if it's something that you have had issues with, uh, I, I found it really helpful to cut the sporting events out. Um, just kind of take it away. Just like uh, people, places, things, whatever you're triggered by, whatever the problem is, take it away at least for a, a long period of time. Um, so that's just what worked for me. Um, but anyways, so yes, back to uh, South Park there. Um, so yeah, so I was watching this episode of uh, South Park and, of course, it's hilarious, because how is South Park not hilarious? Comedic geniuses over there. Um, uh, yeah, so the Harry and Meghan privacy tour episode was hilarious. So, um, at one point, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was Kyle who was having issues with his friends about how he was worried about how they were seeing them him and uh he was talking to butters and butters was telling him about how you know you got to change your brand you got to change how people see you so uh he took him to this brand agency and um they sat down with the guy there uh and he kept bringing up these things on screen where it was like creating his brand so it was like four things it'd be kyle uh you are cool, you are rugged, you are athletic, you are a victim. Then the next thing would be, you are down to earth, you are reliable, trustworthy, victim. So every, there'd be four things, and at the bottom of every single one, it would be victim. And uh, of course, it made me laugh. Um, and it made me think that so many people unfortunately today 
are viewing themselves as a victim and unfortunately not doing anything about it. It's just become almost like a victim status. It's almost become cool to be a victim. It's almost become cool to talk about how you are a victim in some way. Um, I mean, go on social media, listen to people talk, go on TV, and every, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people talk about how they're victims and how I don't see a lot of them doing much to change their situation. Um, and then in that same vein, you see a lot of these same people talking about being victims and uh, almost how it's become cool to talk about also, uh, I guess, I don't know, um, mental health in a way. And it's very important to talk about mental health. But unfortunately, a lot of them, a lot of people I see talk about it without doing anything about it. And uh, the reason I talk about this is it kind of brought me back to something really important in recovery where it's like, you know, I had to take full responsibility for my own life and my choices for me to move forward in recovery. I couldn't not truly move forward in recovery. And better myself if I didn't take full responsibility. So in those same vein, in that same vein or whatever you want to say, you know, uh, I'm a victim. I have these things happen to me and I have these mental health problems. Very true. Um, a lot of people have had a lot of things, negative things happen to them, which you could define yourself as a victim if you'd like. Um, and a lot of people have mental health issues for sure. But, uh, if you don't do anything about it, you're always going to kind of be stuck in that same place and in that same mindset. Um, so for me, you know, I, of course, I had a lot of different things happen throughout my life. I had a lot of negative things happen throughout my life. I'm not going to go through and detail all of them again. I mean, I talk, I've talked a lot about some of the stuff that's happened. Um, and I definitely have had some mental health struggles and I could have just kept saying that and making that the reason why I continued to do the negative things I did or exhibit negative behaviors or continue to gamble or continue to use drugs in my past or continue all these things that negatively impact my life. But if I didn't take responsibility for those things and at least not I can't take responsibility for the things that may have happened but I can take responsibility for the how I react going forward and how I live my life going forward so you know for example like just talking about some of the stuff that may have happened in my childhood right I could continue to go back and blame the people or the things that happened and continue to live in a negative mindset but I choose to use these things as um, building blocks I guess or just look back and say you know this happened but this doesn't have to be how I continue like it, I choose how I react to this sorry I feel like I'm stumbling here but uh, 
I, I choose how I react to this. That's why, to me, like therapy was super important to go and, and dig deep and talk about these things so I could recognize them and see, okay, this may have, okay, there's a reason. This is why I acted this way. This is why I felt this way. This is why I did the things that I did. Um, this is why, you know, I felt uh, like I was never enough. This is why I felt like um, money was so important. This is why I felt like I needed to do these things to block out these other aspects that were destroying my mind and causing these mental health issues. They were all important to learn about what had happened, why did they happen, um, but then I have to make the choice to, to move forward. So, uh, so yeah, so like watching South Park and seeing them, so many people talking about being victims, uh, just made me think about, you know, I could have easily just continued to play this victim role and like, this is how I feel, this is how I'm seen, this is da-da-da-da-da. But that never did me any good. And looking back over my life, that that's what caused a lot of my negative thoughts and emotions, which led to my negative behaviors. And I was so sick of feeling that way. So, yeah, I had this negative stuff happen, and it made me, and it pushed me into a lot of my negative behaviors. But if I don't want to continue living a negative life, if I don't want to continue this negative mind space, I need to recognize what happened, take responsibility for my actions, and move forward. Like this is, they talk about character defects and, and specific, you know, an NAAA, uh, GA, all these things. They may have created my character defects or whatever. Um, so I start working on them. I start identifying them and working towards making myself better every day so you know uh, yeah I think it's important to identify what's happened but don't view yourself as a victim just view it as something that has happened in your past in my life and um, kind of be able to identify what behaviors started from that so you, you don't have to continue to act like that like I, I have completely changed my mindset in my life over these last almost two years and it's from identifying a lot of these things that happened and identifying a lot of the triggers and identifying a lot of what made me feel certain ways but then realizing like I have control over how I react and I have control over how I live my life today and I choose every day to have a positive mindset to use what's happened as a a uh, reason to to better myself essentially it's like i i don't want to live that way anymore i don't want to lie anymore i don't want to uh view myself in a negative way i don't want to have a negative mindset anymore and yeah there are some days that are harder than others but uh yeah so essentially yeah, sorry. I feel like I've rambled on way too much about this. But um, yeah, so basically watching South Park made me feel just think about being a victim and then talking about mental health struggles and then what can I do about it? Do I want to continue to live in this space where I'm playing the victim, therefore this is why I have this negative mindset, or do I want to choose to move forward? 
do I want to choose to better myself? And uh, I, I want to live a good, positive life. So essentially, I had to take responsibility for what I had done. I had to take responsibility for all my negative actions and behaviors, regardless of the fact that I was caught up in the middle of an addiction and I didn't want to keep making these negative choices. I did not want to hurt the people, my wife, uh, you know, that I care the most about. But that's what happened. And I have to live with the consequences. I have to live with, with uh, the day-to-day struggles of that. You know, life is good today, but there are definitely still days where it affects my wife in certain ways. It may affect me in certain ways. But... I understand it's only temporary. We're going to get through these negative days and these hard days where there's still trust issues. There's still, uh, you know, having just to live and deal with the negative stuff that I have done. And, uh, but I'm not going to let that define me. I'm not going to let that make me who I am. And uh, I learn from it. I move forward so I don't make those decisions going forward um, and a good it's actually a good movie you could watch um, if you're the addict and you've got people in your life family members and uh, sometimes you may have a hard time um, understanding their perspective because I've had a lot of conversations with my wife about this about uh, seeing things from each other's perspectives and you can understand and be empathetic but sometimes it's hard to fully put yourself in the other person's shoes, whether you're the addict or you're the affected other. So there's a movie called Four Good Days with Mila Kunis. Um, In this movie, she's a heroin addict who comes back home. She's been using for, I don't know, I think like 10 years or whatever, whatever it was. And obviously there's this fractured relationship with the mother and uh, the family. But she comes back, she says she wants to get clean. And uh, it goes through this whole story of, of uh, the daughter staying at... Eventually, the mother lets the daughter back in because she wants to get clean for like the 19th, 20th time. Um, uh, but she has to wait a certain amount of time before she can get the specific medicine that will um, block the effects of the opiates... Um, so she needed a place to stay so you know I'm not going to detail the whole movie but essentially the main gist of the movie is how it's affecting the mother so it's like it's a good movie to watch if you want to get the perspective of the affected other the the loved ones of the addict um because there's a lot of movies you can watch from the perspective of the addict and what goes on. But I think it was interesting to watch this movie to see the mother who obviously loves her daughter but has been through so much with her that there's zero trust. There's zero, you know, it's not, you cannot believe anything she says. And um, the mother wants to and she does everything she can. But you can see the stress, the anxiety, the absolute devastation that she's gone through. And... Um, you know, at one point, she's got the daughter staying there. She seems to be doing good. She's taking her to where she's got to go, like appointments and whatnot. But at one point, uh, the daughter ends up relapsing and does some stuff that 
you know, she says that she's trying to help a friend out or she got a phone call from the office saying that they postponed the um, appointment for this uh, shot that she needs to get. And uh, the mother notices, hey, why didn't your phone ring? And then the daughter flips out and says, I can't believe you don't trust me, this, this, and that. And then just it's a really good movie back and forth just, just to see um, just how, how it affects our loved ones. Um, it's, if you can go into it without feeling, you know, don't go in, into it if it's going to make you feel guilty or make you feel worse. I wouldn't watch it in the beginning of your recovery, but it's a good movie to see the perspective of how addiction can affect the family unit and the people around us. Um, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, it gave me a little bit more perspective on how even like at the end, the daughter's doing well, she's several months into it and, um, you know, she's doing good. She's doing well. She's clean. She looks better, but, uh, there's just something that she ends up saying where it's like the appointment got pushed a couple of days and just from obviously because stuff in the past has happened, the mother, you can see, begins to question it. She's battling in her mind, but she wants to trust her daughter. And um, it just, you know, it just helped me see that like even though like I'm almost two years into this, I'm 13 years clean, it's like... Um, just because of the stuff that's happened, this you know, it's it's always going to have a bit of an effect on our loved ones. Hence, the name affected others. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really good movie to watch. Maybe watch it with your wife or your partner, or if you just want to get perspective on it, that's a, a good movie. It's called Four Good Days with Mila Kunis. So. Other than that, things are going well. Um, there is the New York um, Problem Gambling uh, Conference this uh, this Wednesday. It's the New York Council on Problem Gambling's annual conference on March 8th and March 9th. Um, my wife will be there working it. I will be there... On March 8th, the, the Wednesday, for the full day. Um, so if anyone's in this area and they'd like to pop by and say hello, I'll be there. Um, my wife will be there. Um, there'll be a lot of great speakers, a lot of great information. Um, Brian Hatch, who was on the last episode here and who hosts All In The Addicted Gamblers podcast, is going to be there doing a Facebook Live um, broadcasting it. So if you can't be there, you can go to the New York Council on Problem Gambling's Facebook page and they will be broadcasting or he'll be broadcasting the conference live and talking to people so you can kind of see what's going on there. But if you'd like to come down and say hello to us and you're in the area, it's in, um, uh, it's up in Albany. Uh, I probably should have had this information for you. Um, I'll get the address. Uh, let me find that for you. Okay, so it is at the Marriott in Albany at 189 Wolf Road, Albany, New York. It will be 
It says March 7th, 8th, and 9th, but I think it's just the actual conference is going on the 8th and the 9th, and I believe it starts at 8 a.m. Um, so yes, come down, say hello, be a part of the conference, be a part of uh, recovery, and um, yeah, so I hope this one made sense. Um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to throw it out there that like uh, we don't always have to be stuck in this negative mindset. We don't have to always be the victim. We can better ourselves, but we have to take full responsibility for the actions that we took. Um, understand that we were in, in, in an addiction. We were stuck in a point where we almost could not could not make the right choice. Our addiction had completely taken over our life. But now that we're in recovery, now that we're trying to make right choices, we have to take responsibility for those actions. We cannot blame uh, anyone else. Uh, I can't blame my childhood. I can't blame uh, DraftKings. I can't blame FanDuel. I can't blame anyone else in my life. I can't blame all the negative things and whatever. I can't blame what's happened. And like I said, I can't even blame DraftKings and FanDuel, even with their predatory advertising and what they do. I have to take responsibility for myself. At the end of the day, I am the one that cannot make that bet. I am the one that cannot pick up a drink. I am the one that cannot take a drug. I am the one that has to be honest with the people around me and myself. And that all starts with me. And... Uh, yeah, my life has been much better since I've taken this mindset and this approach. And um, I think it can for you also. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate you all for stopping back in. And I hope to see some of you at the conference. Be good to yourselves and each other. Bye. Here's where to get help. You can call or text 1-800-522-4700, that's the National Council on Problem Gambling, or you could call 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. This is where I found um, the link to my therapist through my local counselor. And then also, we cannot forget our affected others. My wife goes to Gammonon every week, and it's been a huge help to her. So. Anyone in your life who you feel like needs help or you've affected through your gambling, you can go to gammonon.org, G-A-M-A-N-O-N.org. The number is 718-352-1671.